Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Good Saturday afternoon. At least it's Saturday for us. I don't know what day it is when you're listening, but uh, it's been a little while. We are hanging with D's. This is episode 12, and here with me today once again is Dylan. Hey, what's up, everybody? I don't know if you can tell with my voice, but kind of getting over an illness, but uh, not the Rona. Not the Rona. At least it better not be. I hope not. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, a lot of things to cover. Um, Going to be jumping around quite a bit. I think we're going to come back uh, in the studio on Monday and, and drop something else. Um, just real quick, uh, NFL news, really nothing earth-shattering. Um, as far as the whole COVID thing, no other uh, major names I've seen on the list. Seems like a lot of people are coming off the list as opposed to going on it, which is great news. Um, looks like they're taking it serious enough for now, of course, we're just now getting into the contact portions of camp and we're still, um, what, almost four weeks out from the season. Sounds about right. Yeah. I believe Thursday was, would, would technically be four weeks from the opener, uh, chiefs Texans, I believe mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Um, we had the big deal by Kenny Clark, the nose tackle for the Packers just signed a, a $70 million contract, the highest paid nose tackle. And, and that's kind of a, a uh, qualifier because defensive tackle and nose tackle are considered two different things. Um, so like he's not going to get like Aaron Donald money nor should he. Yeah. Um, and, and full disclosure, I had never even heard the name, but I, I mean, either I'm not a Packer fan by any means, but I mean, we do live in the Midwest, but yeah, I, when this was announced, I, my first question was who the fuck is Kenny Clark? Yeah. But to be fair though, no a three, four nose tackle though. It's kind of hard for them to get a lot of recognition. Yeah, cause... the 3-4 is, is, I mean, it's just not very prevalent these days. The Steelers have ran it ever since Cower took over, and you know they had Casey Hampton, who was one of the most dominant nose tackles definitely of his time. Um, big snack, he was called. Um, but yeah, the 3-4 just isn't played very often, and, and even today, like the Steelers technically play a 3-4, but... They're in their nickel and dime packages more than than anything. That's just today's NFL, right? Nose tackle specifically is more for eating up double teams. So right. you're not going to get a lot of sacks. A lot it, of tackles. It's better suited for um, for stopping the run. And like I said, you want a big nose tackle that's going to take up center guard or, or or at least two blocks, and that frees up your your two ends, and then usually two of the linebackers, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, but yeah, so big ups to him. Um, again, kind of hard to 
compare him to defensive tackles just because the the jobs while they're in interior defensive linemen their jobs are very different you nose tackles traditionally you don't see them doing much as far as tackles or sacks it's because that's not their job their job is to like i said eat those offensive linemen up so the other guys can come in and make the play uh the the other little snippet of news i found kind of interesting is that uh gruden was giving high praise to marcus mariota and let's be honest Derek carr is not you know a world beater and should he falter I could see Gruden quickly pulling the plug and, and going with Mariota. And I did see something that was kind of funny. Apparently, somebody basically busted Derek Carr on Twitter uh, for having a uh, what what like what's the term they call it the the uh, different account. Oh, a burner account. Yeah, burner account. That's the yeah. one. Um, but basically, this guy was he noticed that. When somebody would get on there and trash Derek Carr, all of a sudden this other guy would would comment. So he decided to do a little investigating and started checking the tweets of this person. And it claimed it was just a a, a guy that went to what college did Derek Carr? Fresno State. Yeah, Fresno State. Uh, but he only commented on stuff about Derek Carr, and then. As soon as the guy pointed it out, he tweeted, hey, I think I found Derek Carr's burner account. Literally within an hour, that account was switched to private to where you yeah. couldn't you couldn't see anything. <laughs> so, and, and it was, I don't know, I just thought it was when funny. When there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and a few years back, uh, you remember, um, or maybe you remember, I don't know, I know you're not a big NBA fan, but basically Kevin Durant got pretty much caught up using a burner account oh, as I don't well. Yeah. My it, f- favorite one I remember was a few years ago, Skip Bayless. Um, Cause he gets a lot of hate and let's be honest, a lot of it's fucking well deserved. So. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, I think it was a Facebook or Twitter or something like that. It was, yeah, I remember. Yes. One of his shows and he forgot to switch. He to forgot burner. to switch the accounts and he was praising himself yeah. from his own account. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 That was funny. So yeah. And, and I, that's not the first time that's happened. Um, usually they catch it quick enough to delete it, but there's always that one guy out there that will snapshot it. And next thing you know, it's a meme or it's just blown up all over Facebook. So, uh, but yeah, if I were Derek Carr, I think I would be looking over my shoulders. Uh, Mariota didn't do much in Tennessee, but at the same time, he didn't have much. Yeah, didn't have really, never really had a great coach, at least an offensive-minded coach. I would agree. Um, and never really had any weapons around him. And I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of great weapons in in Oakland, but. Again, sometimes those guys just need a change of scenery and and they perform well. And especially in a backup role, you see it all the time. They'll come in and and blow it up and earn a big contract and then usually fade back into obscurity. Yeah, Mick Foles, Matt Castle. Yeah, and speaking of Foles, I think there's potentially some drama there too in Chicago with Trubisky because they, they got Nick Foles there now to back yeah. up Trubisky. And... They he did. will start before the season's over. I, I just about yeah, guarantee it. Yeah, the way Trubisky has played, I just don't see it. Um, they did not 
exercise the option on him, which means he's a free agent after this year. Anyway, I think Chicago right now is going in with the mindset that they're done with him. And I think it's going to take a tremendous season in order for him to change that. And if you don't see that, that, you know, fire or whatever, I, I think they will go to Foles if for nothing else, because I mean, look at twice Foles came in and, and sparked, well, actually three seasons total. He did it twice with the Eagles, although he didn't, you know, take him to the Super Bowl both times, but he also did it last year with Jacksonville. When, when Minshew kind of faded away, Foles came in and played decent. Um, obviously not well enough no. to where they re-signed him, but I still think Foles is a serviceable quarterback and, in my opinion, leap year ahead of... Trubisky, uh, yeah. Or, or light years, I should say, uh, ahead of Trubisky because Trubisky has shown me nothing. And I saw a meme the other day, and it was the Bears, and it was Trubisky, and it was uh, one of those... Uh, like the suspended cameras mm-hmm. directly behind the offense. Yes. It, I, don't, did I you, did see it. Yeah. And you had the, on the left side, you had some guys blocking and on the right side, you had some guys blocking, but there was like a 10 to 15 yard perfect alley where there was no players between Trubisky. And I believe it was one of his tight ends. Yeah. Like, I mean, wide, wide, uh, you will never see a player more wide open in the end zone than this player for Chicago was. And the caption was surprisingly, this play did not end in a touchdown. Right. And and that's the problem with Trubisky is, is he misses wide open. He overthrows, he underthrows. He just has not shown the ability to be a starting quarterback in, in that league. And this, I, this is his last chance as a starter, I think. Absolutely. And I think they, traded some picks to move up one pick, one selection to take him, and they could have just... Sorry, Bears fans. Yeah, they could have had Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson and yep. they went with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah, and I remember I was sitting, I host trivia in a bar on Thursday nights, and I was sitting there um, hosting trivia the night of that first round, mm-hmm. and Jake, who, he's kind of like my correcting correction guy, Okay. Like when we sit here and do a show and, and there's something one of us can't think of or whatever, usually in the middle of the week, I'll get a text from Jake saying, you know, basically giving me the answer. Like last week we talked about Slapshot. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, uh, I think it was Thursday he was texting me or maybe it might've been Wednesday, but either way he texts me. He's like, those are the Hanson brothers. Cause I couldn't think of the three oh. brothers in Slapshot and he texts me that. And so, yeah, shout out to you, Jake, which eventually I'm going to have him on too. Cause he's got a, um, great sports mind he's a huge baseball fan and yeah he's also like our fact checker because when nice. when he listens to the show he'll usually text me if there's something we got wrong or, or something we didn't know um speaking of baseball um the cardinals finally are going to return to action today and they have to play what to say three double headers over the course of the weekend because they've got a series with the the white Sox to make up they've got a series with the cubs to make up um, they've only played five games so far this season, Crazy. and they're still in second place. Yeah, they're I think it's five games back. Which I mean, when they've only played five games, I don't. I'm not a math wizard. I think they're going by win percentage. I would assume at this so. Point. Yeah. Um, but they're they're only two and three, and the Cubs are like thirteen and three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, best record in baseball, which we I, I talked about 
um, a few weeks or a couple weeks back when they, they had like, I think they had the best record in the national league, but they didn't have the best record in baseball. Now they do by two games. Um, and with that bullpen, that's pretty amazing. But the, the rest of the team and their starting pitchers are playing great. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because the, and the, the stat people keep throwing around as well. If it was 162 game season, you know, the Cubs are on pace to win like 130 some games. Well, it's baseball though. And, and quickly that can change the team go on a streak or just start bombing for a series or two. But that series coming up with the Cardinals is a big one. Um, they can really separate themselves in this extremely short season. Cause if, right now we're, um, almost 20 per, or over 20% done. There's only 60 games and most teams are in the, the 20 game um, region. So actually almost 30% of the season, I guess. Um, but uh, we still don't know about COVID and the other news that broke today in major league baseball is the reds and pirates game has now been postponed because of just one mm-hmm. test. Correct. Yep. So far. I I don't think we've had a situation where there's only been one. So it'll kind of be interesting to see what happens the rest of today and tomorrow, because typically in a, in a situation like that, if there's one, there's more than one. Yeah. Yeah. So we could be seeing the reds take an extended hiatus now. So we'll, uh, we'll monitor that quickly and, Hopefully on Monday we'll find out that it was just the one player and that they can continue to play. But right now they're just um, taking all the precautions necessary. Uh, They don't want to get anybody in Pittsburgh because then you get two teams down at the same time, we're going to have problems. I mean, we we kind of had that with the Marlins and the Cardinals. Uh, Marlins, though, they've been full steam ahead uh, for the last, what, week and a half now? So hopefully the Cardinals are the same way. They can kind of get their shit together and get everybody back and healthy and go forward with that. Now, um, in the NHL, this is kind of weird. I mean, we don't really talk about hockey on here much because, I mean, I follow hockey, and I was actually wearing my Blackhawks hat today, um, which they lost Thursday. That sucks. They're down 2-1. to one. But in the middle of the playoffs, the goalie for the Boston Bruins has decided that he's going to opt out. And while they didn't perform very well since they the restart, they were one of the best teams in the NHL before the the outbreak happened. And they were they're in a series that's tied one to one. And with hockey, you never know. I mean, granted, they didn't play well so far, but obviously they've got a talented team, and it's one of the like, you get hot and you can go right. And for a goalie who has performed as well as um, he has Tuka Rask is his name um, for, you know, middle of a playoff series. He's just like, I'm just, it's not worth the risk. So I found that to be kind of interesting. Well, he said his, the quote I saw was, it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. So I think in his mind, it's almost like he doesn't think this season counts or should count. Well, I, I guess I, mean, I don't know why they, more teams are in it than what would have been the, the regular playoffs. And they've had no, I don't think the league's had a single positive test either. Like the NHL's no, killed yeah. it with this bubble. So yeah, the or hub cities. Yeah, yeah the hub cities. Um, it is weird watching it though with no fans. Like hockey, I mean, fans are a big part of every sport, but uh, hockey is really because 
in an instant you get that just roar when because right. you never know when a goal's coming because those fucking plays come so fast that and even with like when Chicago scored the other night, you know, they played the I don't remember the name of the song, but it's their song that they play every time they score a goal, but mm-hmm. they're not in Chicago. Um, but it's just like oh, ho hum, they scored a goal. You know, yeah. you just it, it's nice to see those rabid fans beating on the glass and everything. Right. So um yeah, it is strange and I guess it doesn't really feel like playoff hockey, but I mean this is the world we live in right now. I don't see why you would decide to opt out in the middle of a playoff run. I just, I don't know. I don't see it, but Hey, it's his prerogative. He can do what he wants. Um, so yeah, moving on, uh, man has the landscape of NCAA football changed since we last left you. Um, the big 10 first came out. And I, and I remember actually not long after we released the show what, a week and a half ago, um, there was a report coming out that they were dangerously close to not playing college football. But it, it turns out that that was actually just one conference. That, Two. Well, but initially oh. it was one conference that kind of leaked that information, and that was the Big Ten. And that's because they had this big conference call, and the Big Ten was kind of gauging the level of, of interest in taking the, the fall off and, and playing football in the spring. And it turns out that they were at the time, the lone Ranger, but as somebody on ESPN pointed out, the PAC 12 won't tie its shoes without asking the, the big tens permission. <laughs> and lo and behold, the big 10 announced that they were postponing football until the spring. And then I think it was about a day and a half went by and the Pac-12 come out and basically said the same thing. I thought it was the same day. I could be wrong. But... Uh, it might have been the next day. It okay. wasn't. The, I, I know that it was not the same day, at least that it was announced. Um, so, yeah, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're not playing. Uh, they're going to try and play in spring. And the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, as of now, today, Saturday, the 15th, still plan to play. So my question to you is now, do you put an asterisk on the season? Well, they're not doing a, na- a national championship. Uh, the, no, NCAA already came out and said there will not, they're not doing any championship games in the fall. Now see what I read was that, and I was going to touch on that was I saw that they were not having fall championships, right? But I also saw in that same story that it does not apply to FBS. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe right there. But I, yeah, then you kind of have to if you have the five power conferences and two of them are just not playing. Okay, but at the same time, you could argue nobody Watch in those, your mouth. No, but nobody, nobody in those conferences were going to win the national title anyway. I hate to say it, breaks my heart. Ohio State. You you think Ohio State was gonna? I think th- they definitely could. I mean, competed, I, I, yeah, yeah. I would say they. I they, mean, it's of the teams in those two conferences. There, I think they're the only team that had a legitimate shot. But as we've seen, no matter how good it looks that Ohio State is, they still just typically can't compete with with whoever comes out of the ACC or SEC. I'm sorry, right? Or Clemson. Yeah, or Clemson for that matter, which. 
And, and I don't think that was going to be the case either this year. I mean, yeah, Ohio State was going to have a good team, but, I mean, let's be honest. The SEC is miles ahead of just about everybody else, or at least the top teams in the SEC. Um, you know, I don't want to throw in, like, Arkansas in there or anything like that. Vanderbilt, but, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's – going to be weird and i'm still not 100 percent convinced that they're going to play me neither um, you know the doctors are now saying uh this myocardiopathy or i don't know it's some big word i can't fucking pronounce but covid causes possible heart issues or enhances them oh okay and that's their big concern but Honestly, what it boils down to is they don't want to be liable. Oh, definitely not. You know, and I got to be honest, I'm not 100% convinced it's not, at least in the case of the Big Ten and the Pac-12, that it's there isn't an underlying cause there. I think I know what you're going to say because of the unified. Yes. Yeah. And, And granted, there were a lot of big names came out to where all of the power fives were, were behind this movement, but it originated with the PAC 12, which was then followed by the big 10. And then the other people kind of jumped on board. So, and, and I know that if they got in front of a microphone, they would deny it, but I can't help, but feel like this is a, a fuck you to the players. I would say so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you want to, you know, form a players' association in the union? Well, we're not going to fucking play football yeah. this year. I, I and that's probably it. And they're 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 cutting off their own nose to spite their face because how much money are they going to lose? Millions upon millions. You know, of and dollars. I mean, they say they're going to play in the spring, but look the way the way this year's going and the way this whole pandemic's going, that's not a guarantee. Right. It's really not. I mean. Because what's going to happen when fall and winter rolls around when people normally get sick? Yeah. And now on top of it, you got this goddamn COVID out there that it's just going to make it 10 times worse, if not more. So we don't even know if they're going to play in the spring. And what the what are they going to play for for that, you know? Probably what the plan was um, before they announced that they weren't going to do it. Just conference only, I would imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, because, yeah. But... And then I guess my other question, and I'm sure it'll be answered soon, and if you've seen it, please correct me, but, like, the bowl series, the bowl games. What? Mm. I, it's I just assumed it's not happening. I mean, the way I, I – I, my assumption is is that you're, you're probably I mean, just going to – I could see them completely shit-canning the bowls because the bowls is just a money grab right? for these you know, vacation destination cities because all the bowl games traditionally are played in warm warm weather. Um, there's a few that they play like in domes and stuff. But for the most part, they're all in Florida, Arizona, Georgia, you know, places where it's still comfortable to sit outside and watch a bowl game. Or even if it is an indoor stadium like Atlanta, it's still – it's a tourist thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't, you're not just going to a football game. You're going like for a weekend getaway at one of these warm weather cities. And then there's just happens to be a football game to. Yeah. It's basically a, a, a reward for the players. Like it's basically a free vacation. Right. Yeah. And, and their fans, obviously that yeah. travel well. Um, but now, and here's the other thing that I, I'm not convinced on as far as any college football being played is now the students are, 
coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the last week right here in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. Students are back at ISU. So I, I think it's still going to be a couple weeks before we start seeing what's going to happen with, with positives and everything. And I was just reading that on the campus of Notre Dame, they're having spikes and they've traced it back to parties that took place right before the, the students moved back in officially. But you know, if the, the regular students are getting it, don't you think the players are going to start getting it? You know, I mean, especially if they're making them go to classes and, you know, let's be honest, it's college. So, these players that play on college squads, they're kind of on-campus celebrities. Right. And while while some of the guys that, you know, if they are pretty rock solid to the point where they know they have a chance at the NFL, maybe they'll be smart enough right. to not put themselves in that position, but not. The not, third string yeah, wide receiver. You know, they're they're going to go out and kick it because they've got nothing to lose. Well, then next thing you know, they're in practice and. Trevor Lawrence, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, isn't feeling too well. Yeah. So it's gonna. I'm telling you, it's gonna be really interesting to watch what happens in the next. I would say two to three weeks yeah. with, with these colleges. I I hope like hell we have some college football, but I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot of hope for it. I also think it's a really bad idea for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to do spring football because, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to play 10 games in the spring and then turn around in the fall and do a full schedule? Uh, Right, and what does that do to to the NFL draft? That's been a big question. You know, the draft takes place in April. Justin Fields, obviously, if he's smart, he's not going to fuck. No, he won't play. There's there's no way, yeah. Yeah. He's he's a guaranteed, you know. Top five pick. Yeah, and and – you know, let's in those two conferences alone, there are a lot of potential NFL players, and I can't imagine any of them will play, even if they're not projected to be a top pick. You know, I mean, if if I know that, look, if I don't play, I'm still going round, you know, three, four, five, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might have to work a little bit harder to play your way into starting and get a big contract, or whatever. But that's a better risk than. You know, playing college football, maybe getting sick and losing members of your family, or regardless, it, I just I see that there's going to be a lot of players that are going to opt out of those spring seasons. Yeah, you know, or let's say that it, you do play in the spring, you're a freshman or whatever, a stud freshman. If you blow your knee out in April or May, to the point where you're not playing the following. Fall Real season, season yeah. and you, you really hurt your chances. So, I mean, even if I wasn't going to the NFL, but I knew that I had potential to be a, a star in college and then go on to the NFL, I still think I probably would think long and hard before I would commit to playing a spring season. Yeah, and look, I, I'm a Michigan fan, so I'm not going to get any fall football. And honestly, I don't know if spring football is a good idea. It's just, you know, I... Love it. I'm, I'm going to miss it, obviously, but let's just wait a year and then let's see what happens. So yeah, I mean, if you're not going to play, then then don't play. Don't. You know, I just I, I agree with you. I don't like the idea of spring football. Um, it just I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Um, I'm not really a fan of anybody in the Big Ten, but 
if they do play in the spring, I mean, I'll watch it. it it's football, oh yeah, you I'm, know. I mean, I still will. But but yeah, all in all, I think that they either shouldn't play at all, or or just everybody play now and and see how it goes. But again, we're still early. You know, the kids are like I said back in college, and we've seen how quickly this can spread, and there could be major outbreaks that that still pop up. But uh, and speaking of the whole COVID thing, um, yeah, I've got. I've got a rant that I'm going to go on about that probably Sunday on uh, Eldonzo and D's. So if, if you're interested in that, tune in there. But uh, I'm just sick of the whole goddamn thing, to be honest with you. All right. So, yeah, we're going to uh, monitor that closely, see what happens. And like I said, hope against hope that, that we actually have some college football and we'll see what's going to – if they end up going to a any kind of playoff or bowl game scenario – which again, I think they could do the playoffs, but uh, yeah, you're probably right. I I don't see bowl games happening, um, just for the simple fact that you you're not gonna want fans there, and that's how these city. I mean, they make millions and millions of dollars during bowl season because you know they're hosting players from around the country and their families and fans and coaches and everything. Yeah, right. I mean, so yeah, I, I mean, do you really? He said, you don't really want a whole bunch of people just coming into your city right now. So, Yeah, for sure. So, um, What else do we have? Uh, we talked about that. Um, big fight tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, Dylan and I, we used to be, like, religiously following the UFC and watching pretty much every pay-per-view. And it's really kind of fallen off. And I, I, I've actually thought about this a few times and for me anyway, it's the same thing with why I've kind of fallen off watching pro wrestling. Okay. That there's nobody that just star power. And maybe, you know, maybe it's a part of the fact that all the guys that I used to watch or we used to watch mm-hmm. are gone for, yeah. the, for the most part. There's Anderson, still, GSP. Yeah, which I was never a big Anderson fan, but he, he was still a great fighter. Um, but yeah, the, other than Conor McGregor, there's really nobody there that draws a lot of hype. Yeah. That, that has right personality. I mean, um, I'm not even going to try and say his name, the Russian bear wrestler that beat the shit out of Conor. What? Oh, um, Khabib. Yeah. Khabib. Yeah. There you go. I ain't trying his last name. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, he's a great fighter. And one of, if not the best pound for pound guy in the UFC right now, he doesn't really have, you know, he's not, he he doesn't yeah. have that personality. He's not a guy that I look at and like, oh, wow, I want to watch all of his fights. I, Cause I don't, I just, I, I don't care. I, especially after that melee, I honestly, I'd like to see Connor kick his ass, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, um, but I- yeah, there's just no major stars that, that keep me watching. Plus, it's so oversaturated. That's what now. I was going to say. That's the problem. It used to be, and, and part of it is because they didn't have a lot of stars, but you would have basically one pay-per-view a month. And or every you, other month, basically. Uh, well, for a while it was every yeah. other month, but then even when they were doing it every month, they had enough stars that they could and enough weight classes that they could put on a good show every month. Some were better than others. And then 
a lot of times they would have these fight nights once a month as well, where you would get the undercards and the guys that were on the brink, you know, you would showcase them. And now it's every, it's two or three times a week. They have these fight nights just about. Yeah. And pay-per-views seem like they're at least every month, if not more. Yeah. I mean, there's been times where we've had two or three pay-per-views in a month. Yeah. And they have all these different weight classes now. I mean, it used didn't there used to only be like five weight classes? Yeah, it was, I mean, once they switched to the weight class um, model, because it used to be, you know, when the original right. UFC, it was, there's the octagon. I don't care how big you are or how big he is, go fight. Right. Yeah, it was lightweight, welterweight. Light, heavy, heavy. Middle. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that was it. And now you've got Feather, Bantam. I mean, there's, I don't Fly. know. Fly. Yeah, so many Women's weight fly classes. Weight. Women, so, yeah. yeah, you don't have, or, or you almost have to have all these events to keep all these guys fighting, but at the same time, it's it's really watered down. And again, there's just not enough star power. But anyway, so tonight, it is UFC 252, and it's heavyweight championship. Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic. I never yeah. say his name right. Um, he did. Okay. Miocic. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> and yeah, it's their third fight. And I, I got to think this is, I mean, he's been saying it now for almost two years, but don't you think this has got to be Cormier's last? He, yeah, he's reiterated that several times in the build-up to this fight, that win, lose, draw, he's done. And... Dana White came out and said that whoever wins this fight will be known as the greatest heavyweight of all time. And your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree. It's hard to argue. I yeah, mean, it really is. Looking back, these and the interesting stat is that Stipe is the only heavyweight champion to have three consecutive title defenses. Right, and that is that's just amazing. Yeah. And granted, the the heavyweight this isn't like you know boxing where we've had heavyweights fighting for eighty years or whatever it is. You know the heavyweight division has only existed for what 20, 20. 25 years, something like that. Uh, but just it goes to show how hard it is, especially at that weight class, um, to continue on and, and be a dominant fighter because there's always somebody else coming up, and for him to have three was pretty amazing. And then he got. Didn't he get knocked out by Cormier? Yeah, in the first fight, Cormier knocked him out. The rematch, Stipe knocked out Cormier. And yeah, and so to tonight him. they're fighting. And the card in general is not – the rest of the card is not great. Um, they do have a couple, like Junior Dos Santos is on there. He's getting up there in age. And then I think I saw Miller. Jim Miller. Jim Miller's oh, on the wow. card who – He's, he's never been around been a, a long time. Yeah, he's never been a superstar, but he has been around a while. And uh, Sugar O'Malley, I guess, is the co-main. Yeah, Sean, Sean O'Malley. They're who, trying to... I don't know really much about him, but it looks like he's kind of the one of the guys that they're pushing hard to be the next star. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, uh, the heavyweight champs. I mean, if you look at who we've had, uh, like Randy Couture holds the record for having the most title fight wins with six, but that's across three title reigns. Mm -hmm. And when he was a heavyweight champ, they didn't really have anybody. Yeah. Like he, he literally came out of retirement 
to fight Tim Silva just because no, there was no really he nobody li- else. He literally the... said that. Yeah, he, he called Dana White and said the heavyweight division is a joke. I'm gonna go take the belt and help you out. Yeah, and, and he did. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, they had Tim Silva, they had uh, Frank Mir, who was mediocre at best. I mean, I, I say that tongue in cheek because he, he could kick the ever loving shit out of me in my say. prime, but. At the same time, he was one of those guys that would look really good or he'd look really bad. Very inconsistent, yeah. You know, and I remember the first time he fought Brock Lesnar. It was, wasn't it Lesnar's, was it Lesnar's first or second fight? First, well, second MMA fight, first UFC fight. Okay. he had one pro fight and then immediately went to the UFC. And, I mean, in all honesty, Lesnar kicked the shit out of him that fight. Yeah. But because Lesnar was so green mm-hmm. in the ufc world he basically got his his leg caught in a i believe it was a knee bar, knee bar yeah. and he had to tap out and mirror just talked all kinds of shit and of course they had a rematch and you and i watched it together at the buffalo wild wings in east peoria i nope. remember yes no. no i didn't watch well, that was live. it now i can't think who i watched it with somebody cool anyway <laughs> see this is what happens when you do a lot of drugs and drink a lot for 30 plus years is you don't remember shit or you remember shit differently but anyway i was at i know where i was at it was at a buffalo wild wings in east peoria apparently it was not with dylan no <laughs> but anyway lesnar just beat the ever-loving shit out of him and turned his face into a catcher's mitt but and lesnar is one of those and i i think we even talked about this when we talked wrestling he was so overhyped. Great wrestler. Like not I'm not pro wrestling, but NCAA, like true wrestling. But when you put him in the MMA world, when he came in, there was nobody really there to push him. He fought a almost 40-year-old Randy Couture and, and won the title from him. And then beat Frank Mir into oblivion. And then Oh, well, then he lost. No, Shane Carwin. Oh, that's right. Car- yeah. Carwin actually had him. Yep. Carwin actually beat the hell out of him, but got winded. Yeah. Because Shane Carwin, he was a dominant one-round fighter as well. And that whole first round, I remember he just beat Brock Lesnar senseless. But then you could tell as soon as the second round started, he had nothing left. And then Lesnar turned it into, I believe it was a... Took him down, put him in an arm triangle, arm triangle, and tapped him out. And then the next fight was Kane, Kane, and Kane just exposed Brock Lesnar basically. Well, actually, that uh, we watched together. Yeah, yeah, at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, Um, Carwin pretty much exposed Lesnar that when you you bull rush him and start swinging, Lesnar turtles up. Yeah, and that's exactly what Kane did. Is he come out him, and and Kane was a wrestler, but he came out swinging and got. Lesnar to do his turtle up and then Kane got on top of him and just dominated him. People misremember that fight a little bit. Because if you watch it again, Brock did have some moments. He didn't get right. dominated. Uh, I but... think he did. I mean, yeah, he 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 didn't just completely get his ass kicked. No. Right. But Kane definitely there was no question that he won did that even go to two? I think it was a knockout in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Kane dominated the fight. Lesnar had a few moments, but Kane knew exactly how to take it to him. And Kane was in a lot better cardio shape to where he could 
punch, 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 and then get on the ground. Whereas Carwin, he punched himself out in the first round and it was over. And then um, Alistair Overeem crushed yeah, Lesnar. One leg kick or um, uh, kick to the ribs. And- yeah, and, and just showed that Lesnar, while a great wrestler, was not a great striker and couldn't you know take a beating and, and keep going you know, from these guys that trained to do both. Like Carwin was a brawler. Mm-hmm. He was not a, a ground guy. Um, and it showed because he was gassed. Um, but anyway, so yeah, back to our original point. I, I agree also that it'd be hard to argue against either one of these fighters when they win, whoever it is, as being the greatest heavyweight of all time. I mean, you have a, a pretty small sample size anyway. And eventually, though, probably will be somebody that comes along and, and dominates and goes on a run. Something like John Jones or um, GSP or something GSP like that. or even Anderson Silva does. But, I mean, the heavyweight division is so hard because, I mean, the lightest heavyweight we've had in the in these 20 years has got to be Couture. Yeah. And he was still right around the 205-pound mark. Yeah. Yeah, because the weight that's I think that's another big factor too is the weight class is two oh six to two eighty. I thought it, is it two eighty? I thought it was two sixty five. You're right, it is two sixty five. Two sixty five is but that's the a max. huge range. Yeah. 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 And when you're leaning on each other for five minutes at a time, I mean these guys just gas themselves out early. Look like Derek Lewis. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think if Derek Lewis worked on his cardio, I, I think he could just be a monster yeah but it seems like he likes cheeseburgers just a little too much and personality too that guy is a fucking riot yeah and he like i said if he just worked on his cardio i think he could be one of the biggest stars ever in ufc just because of what you said his personality his post-fight interviews are fucking hilarious Derek, why'd you take your pants off yeah my balls was hot my balls was hot i understand you know yeah he he's got the potential to be a huge star and I I don't think he's done yet. No, you know? he just had a fight the other week. And yeah, won, and so. well, fastest knockout in the history of the heavyweight division. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it was wow. like twenty one seconds. I think. I mean, he just I don't remember who it was that he knocked out. It wasn't a nobody though. It was a guy that was kind of on a hot streak, mm-hmm. and yeah, Lewis just crushed him. Um, so yeah, he's got potential to carry on for a little while. We know Cormier is probably well. Of course, he said this. I think his last two fights, he said it was his, his last. I think we'll see what happens after after this is done. Um, He's got a cushy UFC job waiting for him, though. Right, but I... Okay, so it's, let's say you're Cormier and you win. And all of a sudden, three, four, five months down the road, or whatever, whenever he can get off PEDs long enough to pass a test, Brock Lesnar wants one more payday. And Cormier has already called him out. Dude. Well, if I'm Cormier, I'm taking that payday. Oh, that's for yeah. him. That's an easy, easy payday. win. Yeah, I when uh, Cormier called him out the last time, and it never happened. And I, my personal opinion is, is I think a Lesnar knew he'd get crushed, and b I still think Lesnar probably doesn't exactly follow the USDA or whatever it is. USDA, uh, USADA. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a journalist, folks. Yeah, prime <laughs> cut. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I don't think he could pass a test anytime soon. But 
I, I definitely think he knows that Cormier would destroy him. Um, but I would love to see it because I'm, and it's funny because I was a Lesnar fan when he first came in UFC, but for the simple fact that really wasn't anybody else. But now that I, you know, you know, him from WWE, WWE well. UFC or WWE Brock Lesnar, the second run has just made me hate him. I won't say hate, but strongly dislike. Like he's, I don't want to take anything away from what he's done because for the careers that he's had, he's done, you know, well for himself. But it's become pretty apparent that he he's just doesn't care about anything other than a payday. And he rode that reputation for a long time until the last few fights he's had in the UFC where he just got stomped. I mean, he did beat Mark Hunt, but... He tested positive Yeah, he tested yeah. positive right after, and that, that decision was pretty much thrown out. Mark Hunt was never a world beater. I mean, he was, he was yeah, a strong yeah, he heavyweight. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a champion level, but no, he's that, well, I'm that just room saying, right below. Yeah, but he wasn't, you know, the top tier kind of, okay. you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, he wasn't going to... You know, hold the title for three consecutive defenses or anything. Only like that. one guy has. So, I mean. Right, but um, what you know what I'm saying? Oh, Mark, yeah, I get Mark Hunt was not a dominant sure. heavyweight. Sure, he sure, was sure. a great heavyweight and was always on the cusp, but never he was never somebody that you looked at and been like that guy is going to destroy whoever they put in front of him. Right, and it was he would give you a good fight. He won more than he lost, but yeah, and he did get beat pretty handily by Lesnar, but. Again, doesn't matter because he was test positive. He, yeah. he was juicing. Yeah. I mean, just look at the size of Lesnar's head, man. That's not natural. Um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch tonight. This will actually be. God, I'm trying to even think the last UFC event I watched. It had to have been a Connor fight. Um, I think I watched the main event of Nunez's last fight. I think I turned it on kind of halfway through. Um. Just just because I do like Nunez. She's a bad bitch, and she beat the fuck out of the lady she was fighting. Yeah. Actually, I think the last one I watched might have been Jones. Might have been the last time Jones and Cormier fought. No shit. Wow, Maybe. Okay. No, Connor's fought since then, right? Yeah, he fought Cerrone. I didn't watch that one. Oh, really? I did okay. not watch that one live. I, I, I didn't either. I actually. think I was I out that night, but... Um, God, yeah, I'm struggling. I can't remember what the actual last UFC pay-per-view that I sat here and watched. Hmm. So goes to show you, like I said, there's just nothing, no major star power that draws me in. And, and you don't see the cards you used to see. I mean, you used to get some pretty good cards because they had to. Right. You know, you, you had to squeeze all your stars in on the card because they only had one, maybe two events a month, and now they have a goddamn event every other day all over the the world and that's great you know i mean they they got this exclusive deal with espn now and you know dana white and the new owners have done a great job pushing the product but it just seems like it's watered down now so but i'll still be watching tonight just because like i said this is going to be a um career defining moment for one of these guys yeah and, you know actually for both of them because yeah. Um, basically what they're saying is, is the guy that wins is the greatest heavyweight of all time. The guy that loses is the second greatest heavyweight of all right. time. You know, until John Jones can 
stop testing positive and breaking the law and everything. Yeah. You know, I know that they've talked about him moving back up to heavyweight because he did fight a few heavyweights. I don't think so. I thought he did. I don't think so. Why I'd not? love to see him fight Stipe. I, I, I mean, that, that would be, be a good a, fight. Yeah. Um, I think Stipe weighed in at 230-something. Yeah, I think Cormier, he's in that same range, too. Which yeah. Think about that. He's a light heavyweight, and he's Well, Cormier out. was a light heavyweight. He was a light heavyweight champ. That's what I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now he's weighing, like, 230. Like, that would be, that would be interesting. Well, but as see. soon as Cormier switched to heavy, I mean, he was coming in in the 220 range. Yeah. Um, he probably walked around at like 220. And even when, when Cormier was fighting at 205, he still looked like he was a heavyweight. Like yeah. Cormier has never had that chiseled physique. Right. Like he always looked like he was, you know, two A little bis- bit of dad bod. Yeah, yeah, two biscuits shy of, you know, 250. But it was funny. He's he's just so short. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at him on TV, the big hulking man, but then you see him in the ring against some of these guys and he looks like mighty mouse compared to some of the heavyweights right. or even some of the, the light heavyweights just because of his height. But I mean, he looked just pudgy, but there's a lot of power underneath that. Like you, you underestimate Cormier's striking power because he doesn't look like somebody like Lesnar or Velasquez right. or even Stipe to where he's just chiseled and look like he could t- take your head clean off. But Cormier has tremendous power for somebody that doesn't look like they do. Right. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be tuned in and probably talk about it Monday. Um, you know, the other thing that I, I got to touch on and I've seen it on Twitter, seen it on Facebook, didn't really pay attention just because of the genre, but this Cardi B song and I forced I do say force. Yes. Yes, you did. Dylan to listen to a couple minutes of it. What the, what the fuck has music come to that? There was some record executive and producer out there that listened to that three minutes of absolute shit and said, that's a great song. Let's release it. I mean, I think she's so popular though, that at a certain level, it's it's just just, horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. And I'm not even look, there's been dirty words in music for a long time. I'm not even going to go off on that. Is it bad? Yeah. But I, I'm not uh, okay, Boomer. It's just a shitty song. There's really no music in it. There's basically a bass line, and it's just Cardi B and this other, I don't even remember with who it is, but just basically glorifying being a whore. And, hey, I'm all for whores, but that's just <laughs> terrible. And in piggybacking on top of that the state of music in general right now rap music is trash i'm sorry i don't get it i this mumble rap stuff i think it's horrible um even we're rock fans and even that's pretty yeah i I was just gonna say you know i mean i make no secrets that um i'm a rock for rock fan first and even rock music new rock music is i can't listen to rock radio it's bad yeah I mean, with a few exceptions, and I say few, right? Like Foo Fighters, they still put out, yep. you know, great stuff. They're kind of on a little hiatus right now. Um, five Finger Death Punch has turned into the Five Finger Cover Band. It seems like right. you know they just. I don't remember a band putting out that many cover songs in such a short time. And except for maybe Weezer, but they did an entire cover album. Well, so you right. get a pass on that. So. Yeah. And I don't, 
I have a hard time even calling Weezer rock. They're more like a, a punk alternative type. You know, they I don't really think Weezer's ever really been rock. That's a bigger issue. That because yeah, I mean they are a rock band in my opinion. I just uh, well, that's the thing is that I think that's part of the problem is like rock now. I think it's. I've had this theory for a while, and it's, it's going to upset some people, but I love grunge and metal, but I think grunge and metal has kind of unfortunately had a bad influence on rock music today. I'll agree now, with that. if you're not, if you don't have any grunge or metal influence, you're, oh, what the fuck is this? This isn't rock. And yeah. I just, I don't agree with that. Like, Yeah, I mean, uh, hair metal was huge, yeah. and that's what I grew up on. You know, I... I was born in the seventies, but I was grew up in the eighties. An, an infant slash toddler, and so I grew up in the eighties. So yeah, I by far and away that's my my era of rock is eighties hair. I, I like seventies. I even like some of the some of the grunge. I could probably sit here and do a whole show about Nirvana and the fact that they are the most overrated fucking band in the history of music. And yes, I said that, and I'll say it until the day that I die. Were they good? Absolutely. They weren't even the best of that era as far as musically and, and songs. If if Kurt Cobain hadn't put a shotgun in his mouth, or if Courtney Love hadn't put a shotgun in his mouth, depending on who you ask. Allegedly. Yeah, that's what I said, depending on who yeah. you ask. Then they would not have gotten the mythical popularity that they had. They were big, no doubt, when they were, they were, you know, for one, they were the first that really broke through. Mm -hmm. And then Cobain tragically died young. And one of the things that irks me is that Lane Staley died on the same day, seven years apart or six years apart, maybe eight, I'm not sure, but he died on the same day. So every year when that day rolls around, everybody talks about uh, Kurt Cobain mm -hmm. and not Lane Staley. Lane Staley was uh, different league of singer. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, it, the, you can't even compare the two, and a better songwriter. Mm -hmm. Both him and Jerry Cantrell, the songs that they wrote had w way more meaning. I mean, Kurt Cobain even said in interviews, his lyrics have no meaning. I'm yeah, like, well, I mean, then fuck you, then, dude. Then what? They're just words. And well, have you listened to some of them? Yeah, like they they really are. They yeah, like uh, what is the uh, is it lithium or like you listen to the words of that song? Like what? Yeah, but the the music sounds good. Instrumentally, they were good, and they were in that era, and they were you know in your face, and like the music of Smells Like Teen Spirit is great. Mm -hmm. No no question there. The words. What? Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, when you're talking about the grunge bands, Allison Chains and Soundgarden are like 1A, 1B to me. I prefer Allison Chains, but I can, I won't argue if somebody comes at me with Soundgarden because they were awesome too. Right. Um, Pearl Jam. I think is better than Nirvana. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think they lived off their, their own coattails, though, because 10 was a phenomenal album. Mm -hmm. And then I believe the next one was Versus, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think so. 
It was it was great. Not it wasn't on par with ten, but then everything after that was just to me anyway okay. Yeah, and they it's they kind of went away from that grunge in your face stuff to more of an alternative sound. Yeah, in my opinion anyway. And Eddie Vedder Eddie Vedder's a great vocalist, far better than um, Kurt Cobain, um, but to me. I still put Pearl Jam under Soundgarden and um, Allison Chains. I also put, and they weren't Seattle, but they were grunge, at least in that era. I put Stone Temple Pilots yeah. at my number three, ahead of Pearl Jam even. for I mean, for the simple fact that they had strong album at like three, their, their first three albums were really strong. Yeah. First one, Purple, or was it Purple? No, Core. Core was their first one. And that was as good a debut album as I think any band's ever put out. And then Purple was really good. Um, you know, he kind of had obviously the same problem that Lane had with the, with the needles and the heroin. Right. He just lasted a hell of a lot longer. Um, but yeah, to me, Nirvana, way overhyped. And it, it just sickens me every year. I believe it's in April that... People yeah. talk about Kurt Cobain and everything without mentioning Lane Staley. And for my money, I'll take Allison Chains and, and Lane Staley over anything Nirvana ever put out. Speaking um, of like bad rock music today, have you heard? Are they? I think they're called the Who, the W I H O or Y H O or whatever. No. How is that even possible? It's a Mongolian rock band. You haven't heard this? No. <sighs> I feel we almost need to pause it and then I can play it for you and then we can react after the fact. <laughs> All right. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to stop it right here so I can hear this and I will come back with the reaction. Actually, you know what? Well, no, no. Okay. All right. We're going to stop. Stupid. Okay. So through the magic of time travel, <laughs> I just, uh, listen to samples of a couple songs of this Mongolian, I wouldn't even call them metal, uh, rock band called The Who, H-U, and Holy Shit. Yeah. Like, what? I I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm glad that I don't live in Mongolia. <laughs> right. It, I mean, to me, it's like a mix of a country because of the violin and cello and, yeah. and almost blues yeah with really really weird words right and even the, like i said we're watching the subtitles and like if for example five finger death punch come out and sang those words we'd be like what in the fuck are you talking about right so yeah that's like I said, but you know what though, you could sit there, you could go like a lot of the German bands and stuff that never yeah. over here. Yeah, there's some weird shit out there. Um, it could be poor translations, I guess. You it, know? It, yeah, but definitely not a fan. I'll yeah, no, put it that way. No, uh, almost tribal. Which, especially that second one we just listened to, was you know had a a heavy like tribal sounding drum beat. But yeah, basically what it boils down to is the state of music today is just absolute horrible. And, you know, I'm a fan of old country. Mm -hmm. 
outlaw country and and the state of like the new country music today is just trash it's the same no some of it's good no luke combs is good no i mean he's really a little better because he oh hunter's gonna burn this fucking house down when he hears this podcast he he isn't the bubblegum stuff is what i'm talking about the uh the luke bryan right you know that stuff it's the same recycled bullshit you know, like Aldonzo and I even touched on this once when we were talking about music and the fact that there was a, it's probably been close to 10 years now. Somebody took the the top like six country songs of the year mm-hmm. and they put them in a sound program, a music editing program. Yep. And played them all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell. Right. Except the lyrics. The music was, was the same. Like yeah. the track was pretty much the same with the exception of, you know, like a small drum part here or guitar part here. It was the same recycled shit. And and that... Did you ever see Bo Burnham's song, Pandering? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, just like I said, the state of music in general, even, like I said, the new rock that we were talking about, 21 Pilots, for fuck's sake... Yeah, I'm not a fan either. And, and I hate the fact that our local rock station, or one, not Peoria, 30 miles away, but traditionally since forever has been the rock station in this area. And they've gone, and if you call it, which I did, I called them out on Facebook once over this about like 21 Pilots and Muse. This, this stuff does not rock. And they're like, well, we're rock alternative now. What the fuck is rock alternative? Right. Like either you're rock station or you're a pop station because Twenty One Pilots is not rock. Not a single song that they have put out could anybody convince me that that's rock music. But anyway, I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, this for episode twelve. I won't say this week because we will be back probably Monday as long as um, nothing else happens. Anybody gets sick or anything like that, but we'll come back. Um, I do have a, another strip club, although it's not a strip club story. I figured since we, I touched on it, um, we're going to talk about another bachelor party that went oh, right, right. sideways in a big hurry, but it, it did not take place in a strip club, but it's definitely a story worth telling. Um, so we'll do that next time and we'll hopefully, well, it's Saturday, so I doubt we're going to get any major breaking news as far as college football goes by the time we we'll come back here. We'll fucking it now. Well, yeah, Man. no, it's probably going to happen before I, I take you home today because that seems to be what you know what tends to happen is we'll sit here and talk about how, well, we haven't heard anything, and then we get all the news. Like you mentioned to me about uh, 2K, the last time NBA 2K video game, I talked about how... Literally no information is dropped other than the shitty soundtrack. And the next day was the gameplay trailer. And then now we've gotten all kinds of news from the developers. So we might even touch on that Monday uh, for my gamer fans out there. Um, so, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us. Really strange that Jennifer Lawrence's car isn't broken down in front of my house yet. You know what I mean? What? Because you're talking about how we'll say something hasn't happened. And then, oh, uh, haha, I uh, get it. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's hope for that. Right. So, all right, folks, that's it for this this episode. We'll see you next time on Hanging with D's. Dylan. See you guys. Bye bye.
Mm-hmm.